welcome back serial killers to the first bonus episode of 2022 uh i'm talking power rangers today y'all might roll your eyes but y'all have to know at this point if we're talking power rangers there's but one person i have to have on the show it's my buddy the big boss man at certain pov and the man who you all can blame for the existence of this show case aiken case welcome back buddy it's morphin time it's morphin time (laughs) (laughs) oh god how you been I've, I've been good. Um, you know, like, so the behind the scenes stuff of life is that uh, I work in the spirits industry as my day job. And uh, people apparently have really developed a taste for alcohol in the pandemic. We mm-hmm. never really slowed down. But the crazy part is, so we're recording this in April. Um, normally, about 40 to 60% of our business happens sorry, this is such shop talk, uh, mm. in October through d- December. Like, that's usually the big period. Um, it hasn't stopped since then like january february is usually our dead period and it has just continued to go we've had like record sales Mm -hmm. uh which is part of that is just like we've been getting better products and it's been getting good but also just like people just aren't stopping drinking and like with weather getting better it's like getting even crazier i yeah (laughs) like it's theme parks have been the same way we didn't have any slow weeks spring break is so ridiculous right now for us in florida i mean florida is just a cesspool anyway but it's just been it's been shocking to like people that have been in the industry for like 10 plus years are like, this is insane. Like, so I guess it's, it's just people are feeling that fire to do things that, you know, you know, a little booze always makes a, makes an event better. So, and I guess it's all flow, no ebb right now. It's it's been kind of wild. Like I'm very tired just in general, but like, it's also, you know, it's also good. (laughs) Yeah. It's also good. It's also good, but you know, it gives us an opportunity like being post, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about like today or like post the last few years without talking about the last few years, but there's always like a moving point towards the future. Cause I know there was a really droll point where everybody was like, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. What does this world look like? And, you know, but it, you know, despite people still being a little reckless or people doing things, people are enjoying themselves. And so it gives me an optimistic vote for the future, which is why we're talking about today, the future of the Power Rangers franchise. Um, You know, we we have talked the past, we've talked the present, we've talked conjecture, we have talked the Disney era, you know, we we talk a lot of Power Rangers. And, you know, we just had the 30th anniversary of the Turbo movie, which is a lot better than people give it credit for. Uh, you know, in many ways, uh, especially because it's canon in a way that like the first movie wasn't canon. Um, but, you know, in 2020 and early 2021, we got the announcement that Netflix and E1 and Hasbro together are creating a new Power Rangers film and television universe. Um, and then just after we found out that Jonathan Entwistle is going to be the uh, driving force behind it, the writing force, which he is a huge fan. And he's in our age group. So he's a huge fan from childhood, which is really awesome. And the whole point of today's episode spun out of in case you, you, uh, Pat Edwards and I have a little group chat and then I will text you things often. Uh, and like the day that Hasbro, uh, I think they tweeted or shared on Instagram of another recycled, like Mighty Morphin Power Ranger image. They went, what future or, or what story would you like to see us revisit in a new universe of the Power Rangers? And he literally loves trolling them. So Jonathan will go on and just be like, I don't know, how about we create an original story knowing he's really writing the story right now. So I've been racking my mind with what this means for 
are because we know uh, Netflix has confirmed that it's going to be an adult-centered series, much like the Arrowverse, with movies that will tie in after a first season. They also want to do a children's-based show that is still for the demographics that exist in the same universe, but they're developing this idea of their multiverse. Um, how, just as a lifelong fan, but also like as a creator yourself, like what is what does this mean to you? Like how, how does this kind of spark inspiration in your head? I mean, I, I think this is super exciting and it's one that uh, I think about a lot. <laughs> like uh, oftentimes when, it, especially when you're doing like busy work kind of things, like thinking about themes that a Power Rangers season could use is mm -hmm. one that like I, I ponder all the time and it's been going back for a long time. So much so, uh, uh, this is just, I'm gonna get this one out front. Uh, I've been writing for like six years now, a, <laughs> a comic book series Series, it makes it sound like it's ever been published. I've been writing in quotes <laughs> a mini series that I have commissioned an artist for uh, to do that is Power Rangers inspired. And it's, it's a superhero, like Power Rangers, like kind of mashup idea. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of fertile ground here. You know, the, the, like for people who only know Mighty Morphin are only kind of like familiar with like the pop culture kind of brand of it, they may not like fully appreciate that like the Super Sentai that Power Rangers is inspired by uh, or rather, you know, taking taking components of and like re repurposing it for an American audience, um, every season has a different theme. So there's all these like cool ways you can do it. And sometimes those themes when they've been brought over to America haven't translated very well or have been kind of um, neglected or ignored. But I think if you're really developing it from the ground up, you could do some really cool stuff that would mm -hmm. like very much appeal to your American audience um, in a way that like, uh, so, some like, I don't want to be too negative, but like Ninja Steel kind of just like mm -hmm. played lip service to some parts of it and didn't really do anything with mm -hmm. like the actual theme of the concept there. Yep. And I, I think if you're starting from scratch and like really building it, you can do some really cool stuff with it. Well, especially because if we're, you know, we've had this conversation through text quite a bit recently, the like last four Sentai series have been so ridiculous, like entertaining, like going through and watching clips, but like they're so rooted in Japanese mythology, monsters yep. and things. And we're now using CGI Rangers for some of the characters when they are in their henshin mode. It's like, it's just not adaptable for us at this point. And while they're really fun, they are super exciting. It's kind of obvious to me that um, they are very aware of what's happening on the Western side of Rangers. And so they're kind of deviating. I don't know. I don't want to say purposely, but I would just say we're at a point where to continue to access the shows and adapt them the way that we have been, we're a little limited on the current stuff. Like just thinking honestly, um, there's maybe three seasons out of like the last six or seven that we haven't adapted or maybe not even that many, but like that are kind of be usable. Like you've got the, well, the train seasons like 10 years ago, I keep forgetting, but like we've got the train season, which is a right. little ridiculous, but we could do, you could do the Zodiac season that was created with Bandai America um, but you know, Bandai America has nothing to do with Rangers. Now we could do that Zodiac series with the 17 Rangers or whatever, or even maybe the, the police and magician season. I think it would take a huge amount of re 
And I also don't think we need to celebrate police in that way. I'm just right. I, I was thinking about this morning when I was uh, getting ready for this yeah, episode and yeah, thinking like about Lou- my favorite seasons. And I was like, you know, SPD is one of my favorite seasons, uh, but it is also kind of <laughs> like I would love an ACAP SPD. Uh, well, it's, yeah, especially because they were always like shutting down homeless, like right. shutting down homeless <laughs> encampment and things. It's like, oh no, shit, fuck. Uh, but. It's, you know, it's one of those things that we were going to hit a point soon that unless they started recreating or going back to the universes of other seasons, which then deals with rights issues, which, you know, we found out during the Disney time, um, it's difficult, I think, to continue on in the same tone. And like what I've seen of Dino Fury, it's pretty good. It's not bad. Wait, yes, Dino Fury is the current one. It's not bad. Hasbro... There are so many Dino series. And part of that is because the Dino series, like, obviously is the origin of the show, but Mm -hmm. also is very easy to adapt for an American audience. And everybody uh, loves dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. Loves dinosaurs. But I also think that it, like what I've seen of it, it's cute. We have our first canon LGBT ranger, which is very important to me. Is he's a very cool green ranger. I love also because it was a gender swap character from the Japanese series. Um, but like, even if you look at like the toys that are being made, Hasbro is putting way more money into the lightning collection than they are into like, I can't tell you the last time that I saw more than three pieces of Dino Fury uh, merchandise on the shelf, but there were like 25 or 30 pieces of lightning merch. Yeah. Um, you know, even just like re-releasing the flip, the, the flip Rangers again, doing the new VHS Zord figures and things, which are all very cool. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's clear that Hasbro definitely wants this franchise because of its lineage, but is also seeing that like Bandai was burning themselves at both ends because they were overproducing toys that no one wanted for the last few seasons of, of things. So I, I love that Hasbro's holding on to it. They've always been a quality toy producer, but just seeing that they definitely have a different business model for the franchise than Bandai did just also gives me questions, I guess, about yeah. the future of what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, well, I wonder now, you know, like the, times are very different than they were when when power rangers first came out and even and way more so than when super sentai first came out and like you know have like toys are still going to be popular but like the the there is so much there's so much more competition now like even when we were kids it was like well there's eventually going to be a power rangers video game oh isn't that cool like Mm-hmm. Uh, now you could do way more developed kind of things like that. Like mm-hmm. the, it has to be a more multimedia kind of approach to really yep. get the same kind of pop culture cachet. Um, and I wonder if like a series that's just built on selling toys is going to have the the power to do that any anymore. Just because mm-hmm. like our our toy sales, it's particularly new toy sales, going to be that big of thing because like nostalgia is a big driver for a lot of the stuff I see, but also I'm a 37 year old man. So maybe I'm only seeing the nostalgic stuff. Well, then like, you know, the people who are nostalgic for things in theory have a disposable income. So they're the ones that are collecting, you know, now to get a lot of these toys, you've got to beat the crap out of other um, collectors and like be there when it gets put on the floor or you're not going to get it because scalpers are buying it up to, to upsell it for nostalgia reasons. Um, and, you know, even found out, I found out like on TikTok the other day, uh, and this has actually helped. I found, I found a Cassie at Target the other day, the in space um, pink lightning figure. I didn't found it anywhere, but like people are hiding things in furniture and coming back for it later. And it's happening with Pokemon cards again. And it's, you know, it's just, it's kind of weird, but they're seeing, I guess, where the money is going um, or where the money is coming from. Um, I mean, we're kind of glancing over a little bit that we 
have had a reboot of Power Rangers before with Sony and Dean Israelite in 2017. It just had its fifth anniversary. Um, and it's a canon movie. It's like within both the Battles of the Grid video game and the mobile game. Mm-hmm. They're called the Cezozoic Rangers. Their universe is the Cezozoic team, I guess is what they're calling them because of that was when Zordon and his team crash landed. Um, and so, you know, it's still technically canon in the universe, uh, whatnot, but uh, I guess kind of talking about moving forward for you, did you find that that movie was a hit, like giving us a new origin story or, or were you kind of left wanting more? Uh, uh, yeah. So I actually did an episode of Certain Point of View mm-hmm. where Addie and I went and saw it and then immediately had our thoughts. Uh, so you can you can find my exact response to it, for, like literally like minutes after seeing the movie. Um, but it, you know, it was fine, I, mm-hmm. I think is the my overall thing on it. Like there were a lot of things I really liked about it. I generally speaking like the cast. I, I thought most of the choices of design changes uh, made as much sense as anything. Um, it was like a little bland at, at mm-hmm. some spots. There was like, yeah. a, it was a little too like cookie cutter screenplay wise. Yep. Um, and there was a few, ch- a, f- a few choices that I was like, I don't really get like the actual Megazord I thought was not particularly good. And like the mm-hmm. way that it worked mm-hmm. was like kind of strange, but um, I actually, I, I rather liked how all the Zords actually were utilized separately mm-hmm. for a bit, which was also fun there, mm-hmm. you know, like, it was fine <laughs> like it, it it was a seven on a scale of one to ten for me yeah. but a low seven it wasn't like yeah. a yeah you know i mean there was a good build-up i mean but like a lot of that movie was like dredge because you're like okay i see where they're going but it's taking us a long yeah. time to get there and then that last 15 minutes that's the battle you know for me elizabeth uh banks is a shining star in that movie as rita because she got like she even though she's not a ranger fan she was a little older than the series when it started but like she has boys who have gone back and rewatched it so she understood the assignment as the kids would say on tiktok um but yeah i think but i do think it was a shame that they technically made money they made 50 50 million more than what they put into the movie. It was a very expensive movie. I mean, I guess a hundred million. I, I don't know movie, you know, well, and let's rewatch. They always talk money and I go and they say that's cheap. And I'm like, I guess I don't fully understand the money to make. Movies. Well, and the money is so different now than it was even 30 years ago, you know? Like- well, yeah. And I mean, and even five years ago, we're making movies so differently. Um, but yeah, I'm, so what to you starting off when you're coming to approaching a series? I like this idea of creating a new universe that creates within the multiverse because the Boom comics have done sensational things. I say at no point do I think they've made a misstep in a lot of their plots. I go in and out of reading just because we have four titles now plus tie-in books. It's a whole lot to keep up with. Oh, and then there's this weird thing they're doing with with Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers, where they're yes. also publishing them with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers cover, yes. which makes it really difficult to follow, but it's keeping the numbering. As, yes. So it's like two series, but they're also kind of one series. And, uh, and we have Power Rangers Universe currently, which is right. like a six or seven issue one. But like, again, they're doing really fucking cool things of this idea that the Morphin Grid itself is so accessible. So like, 
again, we could get into the semantics of that all yeah. day, but they've done I, gen- such- generally the boom stuff has been great. I love <gasps> that they're really expanding all the fan theory stuff that people used to have about characters like the Phantom Ranger or mm-hmm. like what what does that throwaway line from Lord Zed mean when he says that the Morphin Grid is maintained by the the conflict between him and Zordon? Like, what are all these like random allusions and like how do you tie it all together? It's really cool stuff. I love it. I mean, we just had the entire arc where we find out that Zordon served under Lord Zed and Zed is Altarian with yeah, Zordon. That, which such a good idea combined with the fact a that good they're, idea. they're both Z names. Oh, that like let's make that a thing. Uh very cool stuff. One yeah. that, that entire arc is amazing. The actual conflict between them is great. Like the so good. If mm-hmm. it, if you haven't checked out the recent comics, because you were like, all right, well, I'm gonna read like you know the first, all the Lord Dracon stuff, like, and then you you kind of checked out. Uh, it's very good. It has continued to be great. Well, in like utilizing Trini Zach and Jason in a gorgeous way with the Omega Rangers on their right. own, and then having like their what's weird that peace movie. conference? <laughs> well, and like it also also having them with their like shackled Loki version of Lord Draken, who was mm. like from a shattered timeline as well, but he's not good. They have a giant sentient tiger cat as their Green Ranger, like a gorgeous purple lesbian alien as their Purple Ranger, like all these things that it's just like. I mean, and then oh, we just yeah. got that new team that just got the Die Ranger powers. Like that, I, I know, like you and I have been claiming for for years. So, like, they're doing this thing where it's obvious that even Ninja Steel hinted to it that like Ninja Steel doesn't exist in the same universe as Mighty Morphin. Right. And so, like, this idea that like the Mega Morpher exists now because, of course, Tommy Oliver got a fucking Morpher where he can, he can access all of his power because heaven forbid we have Power Rangers without Tommy Oliver. Again, everyone should know how I feel about that at this point. (laughs) But I guess, you know, all that aside, when we're leaning in, do you think it's going to be stronger for them to create something new that possibly fits into that using like the idea, even with like Dean Israelite, they were, they shackled their version of history to the Zeo crystal and that there are multiple Zeo crystals per planet. And I was like, yo, that's so tight. I love this. Um, but, you know, starting to build that universe, what do you think it's going to be imperative for them to kind of root their universe in or root some strengths around knowing it's going to be maybe more Arrowverse feel than like Fox Saturday morning kids feel? I, I, I mean, I feel like maintaining the flexibility of the franchise by having individual casts with different power sets and so forth mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, like... I, I feel like multiverse is kind of oversaturating right now. Like yeah. there, there's a bit of that, but like it's it's already baked into the series. Like, you know, Ninja Steel, yes. Also Dino Charge also was very, very much so established in a, not, not just different universe, but a different timeline where by the end, the dinosaurs are still alive mm-hmm. uh, and in zoos. So like ha- keeping that there, like that's already baked into the franchise and sort of embracing it. Like you can do other stories about characters kind of, existing and like you don't need to have everything be about like traveling through the multiverse but just you know embrace the fact that there is a multiverse and you might as well do stories like that where maybe a character you know maybe you open it up with a care with a story about characters who are traveling through the multiverse just to like Mm -hmm. set the stage and then then you can play with those themes for each season or each you know you you can throw a lot of mud out there and see what sticks if you mm-hmm. if you work that way. So you can find casts that people really respond to. You can actually develop those better. I think that's one thing that Power Rangers has been missing and why the comics have been really good. Because while 
changing over each season allows you to keep it fresh. It also prevents you from having the same kind of like attachment to everyone. Mm -hmm. Like there's a reason why Mighty Morphin is the one that people talk about when they like talk about actual character names and why they can remember it all. Like I have, I've I've seen so much Power Rangers. I have a hard time remembering the actual character names for each season because there's just so many. Yep. Well, especially once the Nickelodeon era hits and I did not watch regularly because they were not as good. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talked about that before, but like, yeah, pretty much through RPM, it's the end. But even though I go, wait, is RPM yellow summer? Is that Lily? Oh God, I forget. And I know it's summer, but like, and Lily is then Jungle Fury, but it's like, oh God, you know, it even you know, it's a little bit getting old, but it's one of those things that it's like when you then have that many characters to pull from, it's, it gets difficult. Um, now, my question for you, no, I've been positing this a lot recently because, you know, you and I are also Sentai fans. There is a rich 25, 24 seasons of Sentai that happened before Zoo Ranger, which is a Mighty Morphin. Um, do you think that in like setting up a multiverse by going back in time and setting a series in like 1978 in 1940 something where they take a power set that existed like say Jetman, just because i love the Jetman bird yeah, designs. I, I, I was like having a hard time not saying like you're talking about yeah. Jetman, right? or, or <laughs> like i like mask man too because like mask man also tied in like what they do with the the crystal season the kiba rangers yeah uh, well, there's it, so many good seasons like th- like yeah. we could just rattle off all the cool ones like i i will forever be a stand for sun vulcan <laughs> oh sun vulcan cool the original three ranger season or yeah. like even like battle frontier could be so like well, so it's so campy and dumb, but it, so all the all these powers are really cool. I, it's a lot of stuff I wish that they could bring. Um, are you asking if they use the footage from the original Sentai's from those times, or just use those like looks? They would they would use the look. They would take the idea of like the design and then completely write a, a whole new show around them and film. Because what my assumption is that if we're starting an adult centered series, they're just kind of film all the action stuff and stuff from scratch and just yeah. go from there um i i, I think i mean yeah I, like yeah those mostly should work there i i have a couple caveats but um you know like like jetman is so good and like is such a, a was such a strong season just in general um like it kind of saved the franchise in a lot of ways and if they just translated that and reshot it because now it's you know it was from what 1991 1990 yeah um like you know it's the, the the footage you couldn't use but if they they shot new ones and utilized it appropriately yeah. i i think that would be a really solid format uh for bring like bringing it over and like really introducing audiences to a cool team like that like that would be amazing i you know i, I think those would all work because it gives you some some really cool established designs that would like hit the nostalgia button for fans of the franchise but give audiences in America something new and like some, some good production values like mm-hmm. that, you know, we just are, you know, just time has marched on in all that yeah. regard. Now I, I will say the problem with going to the older super Sentais is that um, there's a reason why Zhu Ranger works so well for an American audience. And part of that is dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pardon me. Um, part of that is dinosaurs that the, like that was the first season that had fully animal themed zords mm-hmm. that combined into a, a mech and had a theme that was so, so good like Jetman, they're they're jets they're like yeah they're bird themed but they're they're jets um so i think that 
some of those zords aren't as visually interesting especially compared to what we've got now i think i agree stuff you know in the last like 20 years have also gotten kind of off the rails but like there's there's a happy medium to find mm-hmm. and i think that like like those first couple seasons of the american power rangers were were where like the zord design or like the mech design was kind of perfect and the combining aspect was also really cool like not you know it took a while to build up to the the spot where you get robots that would come together and like be a thing uh and you know power rangers work really well for that like or or zhu ranger worked really well for that so i i am concerned if you were saying like let's bring back sun vulcan because i think they just had what like a giant jaguar themed mech but it wasn't like a it it transformed but it wasn't like a combiner thing well Uh, because that was yeah back when they would have like a giant battleship because i think even jetman had the like falcon themed ship but it looked like a floating it looked like the the hover base from avengers more than anything else that then could transform into a giant like shogun or shogun and um fighting uh fighting uh, thing but the, yeah they didn't really have those individual zords if you right. will now is that something they could arguably develop absolutely because we did have voltron at that time who had already had the lion design plus they had the weird like land voltron and air voltron which had the like 35 vehicles that they gave them the thing so it's one of those i go or i mean do we have do they go back even further and like start with dire ranger something like dire ranger where it was a season we didn't have we got the zords for but it is in a time do we because i was even on my run today i was like do we do like an american horror story anthology series where you've got a single person who is tied to the what we're seeing and of course then in the shower i went well why if we're doing that and they're tapping into things yes it could be an original story but why can't we maybe bring back a performer who is a very proficient actor and i'm i'm getting there uh who even though they are still a pretty established actor hasn't done a ton of huge things why not bring back jen from time force and have aaron cahill be that linchpin of a time travel aspect or something if um if we wanted to tie it to something else and again, not make it where like she's cobbling something together, but it's the, just that idea that there is a time agency that is full of Rangers, but that have, you know, is traveling through time to do different things and maybe not make it a police season, but give it that legends of tomorrow feel. Cause mm-hmm. um, in all the, of course it's like den of, De- den, den of geeks and a lot of things are the people who were, have been reporting on this and writing about it. And immediately they were like, oh, this is Netflix's answer to taking down Marvel Studios. Do you think that's going to be damaging to this franchise from the beginning that that is what people are setting them up to be to the level of is something like what Disney and Marvel have accomplished through Marvel Studios for their universe? I hope they don't try to put that much weight on it. I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's that, that's going to lose some of the reason why people like it. It's going to like... I agree you know comparing it to legends of tomorrow like the reason why that show is strong is because it's allowed to be goofy and weird and fun mm-hmm. and like embrace the like sort of low budget tv-ness of it mm-hmm. you know like it's impressive what they can do with it all like they're it but it's still it's coming <laughs> it's coming from a, a position of being like breaching expectations as opposed to having to live up to high ones and that yeah. i think is r- really important for power ranger stuff in general like i think yeah. that you should have 
cool shit <laughs> and like have everyone be like, oh, those things look cool. Those will be fun. Uh, but I don't think people need to be coming into it with just an expectation of like the, the ultimate height of drama or some level of like huge product, you know, huge production values. Like, I think you should be coming in being like, that stuff is cool. <laughs> I mean, so I guess if we're going to pivot to the side, think if they're going to create something original and not reference maybe anything from any series that we've had yet to set it up. And then maybe we get like, you know, like Israelite did where we get that access to a Zeo crystal or we get a time shift, a time rift, something. Um, what for you as a viewer, but also a creator, what do you look for that you think would help lead them towards creating that good story that's going to be appealing to people to get the nostalgia people in, but also get like the Stranger Things audiences in, the the uh, Black Mirror audiences in, into that tone? I, I think that there's, I, I think that if you're creating original Ranger content for the Western market, then you should embrace the fact that you can actually do some stuff that is uh, not tied to, Japanese culture. Like I, I love all the stuff that they've done, but like, you know, there's a lot of conversation about how like Power Ranger Samurai, um, I'm Ooh. blanking on the Japanese name. Uh, Shinkinger. Yeah. Um, was like in response to the fact that it looked like Power Rangers wasn't being adapted anymore. And so that they mm -hmm. could like lean into a more Japanese kind of centric thing. But, you know, we talked about Die Ranger, like a big reason why it doesn't come over is even though it's a Japanese show, it, and this is Chinese mythology, it's still Eastern mythology that the, the audience was presumed to not be as familiar with. Um, you know, the reason why we got the alien Rangers as opposed to, man, I am bad with the, the show names at the moment. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, you know, the third season uh, is, oh, it's it's Nin something, Ninkinger? Uh, yeah, it's Nin something like that. But yeah. it, anyway, yeah. but it's a ninja theme series. Mm -hmm. Like what I, I would say is like lean into to themes that you wouldn't really get it coming out of Japan. Like just mm -hmm. do, like I'm not saying like be different because like ooh, Western stuff is better. I'm just saying they were never going to make stuff that was like Western centric kind of elements. Mm -hmm. Or if they did, it would be, you know, heavily modified, but by like just different cultural or cultural perception of those things. So I would love mm -hmm. to see stuff that really embraces you know, maybe like Greek mythology uh, or maybe like Arthurian knights. You know, I know that there was like a little bit of that when you look at like Mystic Ranger, but like, you know, it, it, it's it's only really like the the spots where like those, where, where they already overlapped and there was a lot of similar, mm -hmm. like similarities. It'd be really kind of cool to like do something that's like kind of medieval themed. Um, or uh, like one I was thinking about a lot and then they did a tiny little bit of it <laughs> in in the ninja steel season is do like a western ranger mm -hmm. like 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 cowboys kind of style like mm -hmm. i was thinking a lot about how you know like they really downplay some of these themes like the uh, the uh the the go kaiger the like the pirate theme season was such a cool element that got totally ignored when it was brought over to the u.s mm -hmm. uh, and i loved how they like combined like what these like pirate style hats and vests and so forth into a ranger garb and then oh, even with like the silver ranger suits. had to be like a bandana design mm -hmm. like really cool stuff i love to see those kind of things and again ninja steel had like the what was it the gold ranger i think was like the cowboy themed mm -hmm. one but they like really played it down for the the western stuff and i was like why like, well just it's all with it i mean it, well and the thing i didn't understand is he's an elvis impersonator because they're all the thing that they didn't do with that series is they were all pop stars right and so it was like you know, his, his, uh, like, uh, Ninja Star Morpher was a fucking cheeseburger. Like, there were little things that, like, I really, cause that 
Japanese piece of media is really difficult to find. It's very expensive. I want it. I only collect Pink Ranger things, but of course I want the cheeseburger morpher. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was one of those things. I was like, why not actually make him an Elvis impersonator? Like that is so campy and adorable. Um, because it was like, they were still trying to make, they were trying to give them like 11 a.m. Degrassi drama characters and still make them like accessible, hot teenagers, but like, not making it silly and like that's what i loved about dino charge is they were still silly like it was silly but i mm-hmm. loved those characters everyone in that series was really fun you re- yeah D- really dino charge was just them. and again dinosaur theme is so mm-hmm. translatable and you can work with it so well mm-hmm. and like i like all the dinosaur seasons have been great yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> like, and, i mean you brought up go kiger which is one of my favorites again the the design is so good but they also you know, what it means to have an original series is we're going to have a Power Ranger series without a gimmick because mm-hmm. there's always a gimmick to sell toys. Go Kiger was the keys, which was fucking cool. Fucking cool. I still collect the keys. I mean, even the the recent series, I just sent you a bunch. It's the gears of all the mm-hmm. different Rangers that goes in their morpher. Uh, Dino Charge was the batteries, which was really cool. Um, uh, so it's like what... I like that kind of aspect of those are the things that we're kind of probably shed away and keep um, and like not have a toy gimmick because we're probably not. Well, or come at it from a different standpoint, right? You know, like because a lot of these like collectible kind of things, it's a different type of gimmick than what the Mm -hmm. U.S. market would go for. And, you know, I I would hate if it was like some something like an NFT or some some shit like that. But like, like, please don't. But like I could I could see some kind of like smaller toy kind of concept that oh yeah uh, people really responded to or especially it would be cool if it was like something where like here's the token but it also translates to a video game again getting mm-hmm. back to that like multimedia oh, kind like of yeah like an amiibo amidra yeah. well and it's also like they're saying that they want to commit to a children's show as well so like funnel the toys into that line and it's not connected to the adult series um even though it's probably within the same universe but again it's it's going back to the conversation of they're obviously going to make things in the show to make it look cool because they know adult collectors are going to buy things i mean i'm waiting for gamestop to put that fucking pink ranger helmet on sale because i'm not spending a hundred dollars on it but god i fucking want it but like that zed the zed helmet is fucking cool too like they've been doing things that are specifically for those in theory those of us with disposable incomes um but you know it's it's uh, it's funny that you said Wild West because you were talking ethereal or, or, uh, Thorian, the Greek gods. And I was like, well, what if it's also that aspect of like what Rick Riordan kind of put in his Percy Jackson series where Olympus moves to wherever the center of like center of civilization is. Mm-hmm. So it started in Mesopotamia, went to Egypt, then went to Rome, went in Greece. Yeah. And then like went further north from there. And then, I mean, it's in New York now, but it, you know, what does... Is it another family legacy thing that is passed down? Is it a generational power yeah, well, thing? I mean, if we're just pitching Power Ranger seasons and like yeah. building off of that idea and saying like, well, what if it moves to, to cultural centers? What if it moves to Southern California? And like, it's very specifically a Hollywood series, like yeah. a series about like the kids of actors or something mm-hmm. uh, who are taking on these mythic proportions uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the actors themselves are, are taking on these mythic proportions to the world and like, are these like, you, you know these massive storytellers yeah. and so forth and like then it's their kids all of a sudden becoming uh infused with mm-hmm. the the you know this mythic power or something to yeah. that effect would be very cool 
you know, or, you know, something happens where the parents disappear and then suddenly the kids have these powers. It's like a reverse runaways, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, also because that makes sense because the gold rush was the most heavily in, in, in California. And so it's that idea that like, it the there could have been that focus on you know those kinds of things and so it was in the west and then just kind of sat in california that idea i actually love that idea yeah this um, this we could build out a lot like because oh, of course. You, could, you could have like the gold that they found is actually like part of an alien ship mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> or, yeah gold was never actually part of our earth's crust but it's part of like it's part of the morphing grid even like yeah. it is it is those it it's cracking it's well and then that could be you know the heaviest part of it california has always been the epicenter of like really awful natural disasters and it's because the morphing grid doesn't belong on the planet but it is here because of something that happened and then because then you could go back through time and it's like that idea that like again it it changes it grows it's a changing power because then it gives you very far back to go but then it also gives you like oh clearly they could go into space there could be aliens blah 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 because it's also hard to make it be like oh this is something that's been with the earth since inception unless they go with the idea that like the eternals where like certain planets are literally created to harvest the energy of it and um uh yeah, I mean, you, you could go with like a more like a mind behind it, or you could go with a scenario that the morphine grid itself is part of the reason why life can exist. Like maybe mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. allows for the gravitational pull to congeal matter into a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, you, I mean, like, because this gets into another idea that I, I think would be amazing, which is like, do a proper Star Trek Power Ranger season. Like mm-hmm. in space was was kind of that, but it was based on a video game franchise mm-hmm. or like a video game season. Yeah, um, and like I think that you could do a really cool space theme season with something akin to the Starship Enterprise. Mm-hmm. With like, if we're talking about an adult crew, like or like an adult cast, like have them be the crew of this spaceship and like work with that kind of scenario because you can imagine it. Like the Morphin suits can be developed as. Like they're away mission suits. Like, yeah. Frankly, this is an idea that I had for the comic series that I'm working on, but it's never like this part will never mm-hmm. actually come out because like that's that that was part of an idea of like, well, we could have like a whole multiverse type thing, mm-hmm. and that would be a really cool one. But like, especially if it was a scenario where like the like if you did something like the 2009 Star Trek where the commanding officers are out of commission, you know, like there's some sort of disaster, it crash lands maybe, and then they have mm-hmm. like on an alien planet and they are, for a while are like trying to get their bearings and so forth before they get back out into space. Yep. Like you can have it be like all junior officers, they can still be adults or they can be, you know, teen, you know, te- teens in quotes, like, you know, early twenties type people who are like all the incense and like functioning in that capacity. Um, like really translates very easily to the Power Ranger format. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one where you could do more me- like mechanically based because that's yep. another thing. I-, I think the franchise just needs to get away from cars. <laughs> like, I agree. I, like, well, too many the, cars. <laughs> well, and like Kiba Ranger, which is all crystal based, but then they all had crystal vehicles. I was like, no, give me crystal animals, you fools. Yeah. <laughs> like, because that, that's, a, you know, like Turbo and infamously is like, was a hated series. And it's when a lot of people kind of started moving away from the franchise. Um, you know, it makes more sense if the whole, if it's a series by itself, as opposed to like, they went from dinosaurs to cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, vehicles make sense when it's a military organization when it's a you know humans invented this to respond to an alien threat kind of situation um you know that that's why like lightspeed rescue where it's like 
it is technically train themed is like mm-hmm. all right well that's that's fine it's like how they like transport these giant mechs over yeah. which you know it's kind of fine um plane stuff always will like like will work well enough uh but but you know like rpm is my favorite season but there is a reason why they just kind of like overlooked the zord battles in that season <laughs> like it just yeah. wasn't the story that they wanted to tell <laughs> no well and it's also like they had to lean into the character design but it was like okay we're just kind of they're not going to be sentient or talking it's fine we don't need yeah. that um yeah because uh, i de- i definitely love that idea especially i think the idea of like mixing an adult and like teen team or having your having your justin having your pidge um having your wesley crusher even like it's that idea that like i really like that idea um I do, you know, it's because then you've got really cool ships and things, which is what everybody loves about like Star Wars also, because then you've got the beautiful, like sleek design of, of, um, like a, a Starfleet ship, but like what happens if your Starfleet ship is actually also a giant battle mech? Like, right. These really can you imagine things. the nacelles of the Starship Enterprise like converting into either the arms or the yeah. legs of this yeah. thing? And it works so well <laughs> as soon as yeah, you start like thinking the, about it. The hands come out of it, and then you're like, oh, of course you've got your blasters then, which is which is your propulsion. But like <laughs> a then what happens? Bunch. <laughs> well, and like what happens to your ship when? you're damaged in a battle and it cannot convert back to ship mode. So you're a literal giant floating robot that then crashes into the nearest planet because you know what, you know, this is also a very, like if they took a lost in space approach and so the crew is separated. So like the red Ranger has to give his entire family, the powers or, you know, or this is also a really good opportunity for us to get like a Lauren season or a gen season when they were, couldn't physically make Jen the red Ranger, but like, Give us a female leader. Like yeah. uh, some of the best captains in Star Trek have been um, female. So it's one of those things. It's like, I only imagine that like looking at like discovery, like if, if she was able to like lead a Ranger team and be like, oh, oh yes, make her a Red Ranger, you know, but it's also those ideas of like, Ooh, yeah, I, I also like that idea because like in space, it's kind of whoever has the morpher can morph or in SPD, they get passed around like rank. They are ranking. Mm-hmm. And so it's like maybe, but then, you know, we get that one season and then we get a really cool, because like also go back, they, uh, you know, they own the Bandai, you know, canon of shows kind of. So like, why not like give me a season that is Mystic Knights of Tiernanog with Power Rangers? Like, give me a magic and knights based season as well, because you can literally be creating like, oh, there's been these teams throughout time that have always existed, but then they've not existed together. Um, because then maybe you do a shattered grid of your own where you pull in maybe one or two of the original rangers just to like do a thing. But maybe not because they're not always really good actors. And then if you're pulling them in with really good actors, it's like, oh, maybe not. Maybe we don't need this. Or you just recast them. But, like, but you can sometimes. And like you that, can sometimes. You know, like you, you could always do a few crossovers in there. And like a lot, you know, also a lot of actors have aged out of doing the parts period or have passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. Or have just fully retired. You know, yeah. like the, there's no there's no obligation for any past actor to come back, mm-hmm. but if you can get a past actor to come back and have a story that makes sense, that, that can be really cool. Yeah. I mean, there are very few of them. I think that you could argue that can make sense. I think using Jen would be one of the few that really does make a lot of sense. Also, cause Aaron's a great actress. Right. Um, you know, it's one, you know, one of those things, or do you recast it? Do you have a new version of that character within that universe? Um, 
And so, you know, this, because a kid's show is going to have to fit in with it. Well, and even when Disney owned Rangers, they were going to make an animated series. What, if, what do you think would be the appeal of having a live action adult universe, but like an animated kids universe? What does that kind of give them the carte blanche and ability to do that you think maybe has been missing by sticking to live action format? You know, uh, the, my one concern with like an animated series is that it's not really that different from other stuff out there, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Zhu Ranger, it, like the Megazord was designed to look like Voltron and like mm-hmm. the, the, <laughs> because it's just out there. There's already that kind of material out there. I mm-hmm. think you could do cool stuff with it, but I think if you're going to do an animated series, uh, you really need to lean into some of the weirder stuff, like, um, like go with themes that just couldn't be easily configured. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, go go with uh, Zord designs that just could not be done in sort mm-hmm. of in, in a living space. Um, this, so this would be really good for something that was like a computer themed one or like something where it's like a little more ethereal or uh, malleable than just like, so, like solid mm-hmm. robots. So this could be good for like a gray goo kind of season mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so really, really lean into like making it very different from what people can do, but then you also have to like make it just not be Transformers, you know, make it yeah. or, or, or Voltron uh, or Voltron or any of these other series that have been out there. Like, so you just have to like really, really lean into that. And then you can kind of really embrace having like actual kids, like mm-hmm. voiced by older actors, but like, that you know, have actual like kids in there. So maybe you can kind of lean into that side of it as well uh where instead of having a bunch of like 22 year olds playing 16 year olds like have a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds voicing like Mm -hmm. 12 or 13 year olds like do like Mm -hmm. a real like ben 10 or something like that uh which which could be very cool and then you can be a lot more flexible with in terms of like what their powers can do and you can Mm -hmm. kind of embrace you know like they are superheroes they're not just like people in suits they have like superpowers in mm-hmm. the, those forms that oftentimes is only represented by them flipping into action and then like mm-hmm. they're fighting and they hit kind of hard but like you could really like illustrate like the yeah. powers in a way that you can't in the live action format mm-hmm. so kind of kind of embrace that part well and it's also the way that a lot of the series where they do have powers and that's what sets them apart like dino charge are not uh dino mm, Dino Thunder is where they Dino have civilian Thunder, powers, thank yeah. you. Yes, Dino Thunder. Oh, there, we've had four Dino seasons. Um, they all have Dino, lightning themes on top. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, yeah, so Dino Thunder and then SPD, because that's what made them all good candidates to be police officers, was right. because they all have a mutation. Um you know, do, do you, do I love the idea of a, like an alien based series? So like you're, you actually become another like alien creature in the suit while you are morphed in, you know, there. So take that Ben 10 aspect to it, but it's also something like I've loved about the boom comics, like the Omega Rangers Megazord. It's really sleek. It's all got very soft edges to them. Mm-hmm. They're really beautiful and they're not really creatures they are they look like ethereal these ethereal beings that have been you know from before they're alien you know they're most importantly alien ships on top of things or so even or even the like we've seen four cobbled together megazords based on from the megazord graveyard like Mm -hmm. we've seen so many that have been built out of other things um those were great nostalgia moments um well, and here's another thing that they could do with animated that would be cool, which is they could lean into an element that is done more so in the Sentai than in the American, but there is some representation of it in the American, which is having 
the sentient and kind of living nature of these zords like so like in shoe ranger like they are theoretically theoretically the zords are god Mm -hmm. split up into different parts Mm -hmm. (laughs) and as they come closer together eventually you get into what is theoretically god and the finale of zoo rangers theoretically god fighting satan which is such a batshit thing to say out loud (laughs) and like they toned that down dramatically um but but even things like um like mystic force where they transformed into their zords and like you know i think that would be a really cool area for like the mythology one or Mm -hmm. you know if you weren't going to do like a giant clockwork kind of you know Mm -hmm promethean type thing but like you could do like you could lean into a thing where they're transforming into a thing you could do like a plant themed one where they grow into it all and then their megazord is actually these animals like or or animals or plants or whatever like these biological masses uh coming together in a symbiotic format Mm -hmm. which would be very different from the zords we've already seen and is a thing you could do better in animation or in a cgi format Mm -hmm. than what they used to do with like people in suits yep or even, I mean, it's one of my favorite just because we had a thousand Zords, you know, it's do we revisit something like Gal Ranger Wild Force where there were just as many animal crystals as there were animals. And yeah. so we, you know, we, you saw all of them in that final episode, but like even in the, the Sentai book, they had five other giant Megazords planned, including like a horse, a peacock, a mouse, a bat, like really things that we just haven't gotten like we haven't had a good bat zord like jungle fury got close but like you know there there are things like that we would you know we would get a horse zord in mystic force but like do we revisit something that's just got a ton of options so you can just pummel out toys um but it's also really pretty to look at like it's those things um you know it's uh, I don't know about you. I, I like the future of getting a compl- something that like, we don't know what to expect because we don't know what the previous year's Sentai season was. I kind of love that aspect. It gives them so much creative area. Yeah. I, I do like that component of Sentai and like Power Rangers kind of building on that is, is always kind of fun as well. You know, I, I love the idea of being able to just like leap to a totally different aesthetic and mm-hmm. you know a totally different like like starting point for all these like yeah. you know sometimes it's people developing science other times it's pe- people touching on the magic and you know other times it's like just something totally even weirder than that like mm-hmm. you know it, it'd be cool to do like maybe like a cold theme season with like a bunch of fauna from like can you imagine like a bunch of like winter like ice age megafauna like um mm. like yeah sure we got the mass design slash mammoth sword but like uh, like really embrace that all like have you yeah. know like a, like winter wolves and like have like saber tooth well <laughs> saber tooth tiger uh, but but like really embrace it all like have yeah. like the whole theme be it be themed around like like wintry creatures um, hell you could even get into the, that whole like trivia bit about how like you know Uruk rose and fell before the woolly mammoth was dead the woolly mammoth was still alive during the times of like of Egypt like the great pyramids were built before the last woolly mammoth died like really play into the fact that mankind was here for a lot of the stuff Mm um you know the the compression of history is is real and like we sometimes like think of like well yeah the woolly mammoth was an ancient creature as was the t-rex but (laughs) but you know you know like really roll with it also something if we're going with that because there's i saw that meme going around recently it's like what if you know a historically accurate D D party of like um 
an elderly Haitian pirate with a dapper Victorian gentleman, a, mm-hmm. a disgraced samurai and a cowboy. They all physically existed in time at the same time and yeah. overlapped by about 40 years. So what does that mean? And it's those things that we don't like think about, you know, it's one of those things that even like revolutionary war era, it's like, Oh, there were people in America that were dressed similarly to the French court of Marie Antoinette because it happened at the exact same time. You know, it's, do you do a team where you pull a Egyptian warrior that you pull a Celtic, you know, a Celtic cleric. I want to pause and note an Egyptian theme season would be so cool. And especially with like the Egyptian mythology where like, like the, the, like the animal heads on mm-hmm. on those deities so cool that mythology is so rich and like you like they've had like pyramidus but like yeah. you could have the pyramids be revealed the house the zords like it would be so awesome well and you could give a stone looking like they carry icons of their zords with them and they are they look like sandstone the, yeah. the zords feel natural um it's all golds and metals and things now you have to make sure that it's cast appropriately when you do that because the last thing i want is five white people doing an egyptian based season uh we've got that on hbo max right now and i'm not loving it <laughs> <laughs> but but no like going with a lot of these not as well told because then you're also culturally able to tell stories in a way that we know are more historical historically accurate you know do we go do or you know is it you know do we tell the story of a spice trader who came through that has these these icons that and they've been traveling from east to west and so there is this this tapping of power these things you know there's so much room for what they could do versus what they can't do that i'm really hoping one i'm hoping having a fan who's been giving a given a lot of leeway is going to do something really good but also fan theories are not always the best so i have really high hopes i'm just excited for it i'm just always excited for more power rangers a franchise that because like this this franchise has had every opportunity to die and the universe has just said we ain't done with you yet so (laughs) you know i don't know i i'm hopeful for it just um you know i i like the idea of that they're going to have a child and adult universe. I'm worried that they're going to get bogged down and get scared, but I also would love, again, we, we talked about setting it a little bit in the past, but like, give me a stranger things feel power ranger series set in the mid eighties. That's a little horror, a little gore, um, or even tapping into things like Evangelion. Like it's the mm-hmm. edge of the human existence. It's those things that made RPM work really well. Um, that it's these things that like, maybe the rangers were coerced into doing this and they have to decide whether what they're doing is right or whether they're doing what's correct and whether they're going to stick to their original like focus or deviate and do do something else could also because then you've got that weird alien aspect you've got the human aspect and you've got that kind of no we need both aspects to create the the future of our our beings and our planet yeah thinking of uh, stranger things just made me think like what about a ghostbusters themed power ranger season yeah yeah ty actually because they've done like spirits often but i was like let's actually lean into that like right well and this getting back to the whole like if it's coming from just a different lens than a japanese cultural lens like you can 
play around with how we look at mythology or the supernatural mm -hmm. in a way that is just different. And I'm not saying it, there's a any kind of like moral judgment on that. It. It's just right. literally just a different stance. Like the fact that I could have the whole thing about Zhu Ranger being about God theoretically is indicative. Like it's just a different approach to it all. Like really lean into like, here's the ghosts. And it's the way that like a Western audience looks at ghosts, mm -hmm. uh, you know, fuck do a catholic season or like something like that or or multi like um uh, actually that would be really cool if you did like a religious season and then like your sixth ranger was like uh was like muslim yeah. uh could be really cool like do do i mean that, that's playing with fire uh in terms of like how people are going to respond to it but like you could do some cool stuff with it all like they're all empowered by different saints and then like uh or like you know in venerated elders the catholics called them saints the you know the, the, each one has been touched by an angel and then the last one is is, is you know a, a person of the islamic faith and like you get you can do some really cool stuff about well uh, that idea that actually all religion is connected but none of the religions want to talk about it so right. yeah you know you know it's it's a good chance to use uh, historical iconography in a fun way that we haven't before um that is really informed and intelligent and this is also embracing that we identify that most of this fandom is toxic and they're going to hate anything that happens but to me this is actually tapping into those people who don't see themselves as fans currently and can come back to the fold um because like i posted back on the day of the anniversary of the dean israelite movie i was like honestly it might have quote-unquote flopped but like they made 50 million dollars at the end of the day above their quote-unquote budget they got that spicy crispy cream tie-in and i enjoyed like i enjoyed mm -hmm. it despite its spice and there are a lot of people who are, were like on our social media that were like oh my god i rewatch this with my kids all the time it's actually quite an enjoyable movie and so like if that's the crowd we can get back in that's not necessarily cared about all of the other seasons of rangers but like they're sharing something with their family uh that was special to them but has also now means something to their family i think it's a really great use of this franchise i yeah. think it's a really nice thing yeah i think it would be fun like you could do movies as more of a tie-in kind of thing mm -hmm. like the, doing that multiverse kind of like bound story because then you don't have to worry as much about um like having one particular fandom you could have mm -hmm. lots of fandoms kind of come come yep. to it and then you could do multiple series that are like more standalone kind of stuff that mm -hmm. we just acknowledge that all it's all connected through the morphin grid man yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm also not mad like in a world where we have the stranger thing kids who are now like 18 19 who are all phenomenal actors like the idea that like those that aren't joining the mcu or the dcu like give them something fun to do but also netflix one, they either make a really great show or they make a really terrible show, but they put such production value into all of their TV shows in a way that's like movie quality. So it's one of those that I was like, honestly, if it's going anywhere, I'm not mad that it's Netflix, frankly. I'm just glad that it's not Disney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like the only other person I would have thought would be great would be HBO. But like, you know, uh, I think Netflix is going to be just fine. It's, I think, a little more accessible. I think so many people have Netflix. Uh, despite the cost of the subscription going up recently but um yeah i just i have kind of high hopes um but i don't know i think i think the word they're so much more open to them by creating original stories that i really hope they actually lean into that and instead of revisiting a series um that they lean into they lean into creating something original yeah It'd be really cool would be a season that isn't even about the Rangers necessarily. It's mm -hmm. like about the news that's like trying to follow what's going on with the Rangers. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe like you could secretly have like some cast members be 
like working at the station or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but like the actual viewpoint characters aren't the ones who who know everything and they're like trying yeah. to piece it together. And then you could do like, this would be a really uh, a good way to like have a cheaper season because you can have a lot of like, you know, the, the found footage style type mm-hmm. thing or like news report style thing. You could have like, you know, lesser quality like CGI because you could put like lots of like particle effects and so forth to obscure mm-hmm. things. Like you don't need to have clean shots always because it's yep. like a person on the street trying to get a shot of a Zord uh, right. or a helicopter footage of a fight going on. Um, and then you're really only cool. seeing like a foot of a Zord come down or like they fall in like the mechanical eye opening or something. Well, and that's also if you have a focal point of like an April O'Neil like character who or a Peter Parker like character that just can't take no for an answer. And then at the end of that first series, it's like there's a shady shot and they're, they've been taken. And then it's like, oh, they're in a command center situation. And they're like, uh, you know, too much. You've mm-hmm. literally got one choice here. And then they become the sixth ranger. Yeah. Like one of those things would be really, really fucking cool. One, because they prove themselves, but two, it's the only way for them to be kept secret. And they like fake her death or fake that character's death in order to them being able to live as like a ranger now. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be, could be really, really cool. Though I do, as we wrap up, I want to ask you if there is a season, like if they were told that like, oh no, you have to go back and access a season, retell that story or further that story. If you had to pick one season that you would want to see them revisit, what would it be? Uh, of Sentai or of, of Power Rangers? Uh, I or... think if we were just looking at Power Rangers, let's, it's, it's you can say if, if the, one of the American seasons that they had to go back to, which one would you want? And, and retell? Not retell necessarily, but be set in that universe and maybe be, you know, not redo the story, but like, oh, it's 20 years later. Oh, um, I, I would love just from a, a, a like what is the most fertile ground? I would love to see um, Lightspeed Rescue really be developed mm-hmm. because the idea of the Rangers being a rescue squad specifically and like really building on uh, be- because they were iterating throughout it all which is a, a thing i really like in the in like the more tech-based ones um you know like they're developing like the artificial like like speed rangers and like you know you can imagine a scenario where 20 years down the line uh they there are lots of rangers like it, it mm-hmm. fits really easily in the headcanon for like spd um and for like time force and all all those mm-hmm. where it's like oh mankind is developing all this and i would really like to see that kind of like carved off niche mm-hmm. you know would, would be really cool well, uh, even then yeah. be like, oh, there's like the aerial squad, there's the land squad, there's, you know, oh, aqua squad, like those things that like they're just you're in there. Though I did just have the thought, I think for me with that, probably I would like to see space or time force, but also they're technically on, they could be on the same timeline with each other. Right. Yeah. Know, like the- time, I think time force would be great because then you also lead that opportunity You have to travel through time. And because like some of my favorite Star Trek episodes are holodeck episodes or travel back in time episodes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that could lead to some really interesting storytelling wise if they had to um, kind of access. But- yeah. Yeah. I mean like that, that post Zordon pre Disney era mm-hmm. had a lot of interesting ideas going on um, that they're, you know, they were like getting their, their legs for, each season being its own unconnected thing, but there were lots of like nice subtle connections, lots of good like references to everything, you know, there's a reason a lot of people love forever red, like sure. Yep. Wild force is kind of the end of that era slash the beginning of the Disney era. It's mm-hmm. that, that bridge season, but like, you know, the, there's really good connections between some of these characters across teams. Like yep. I'm blanking on her name yet right now, but the yellow Ranger for wild force, Taylor, uh, 
Taylor. Yeah. Like her, her connection, man, I'm, I'm really off on with Eric. The Eric. Quantum yes. Ranger. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like Ooh, that's I love all, that relationship. I, Ooh, I, I have had this idea for a scene that yeah, I've, you know, they can't, they can't really do it. Cause one, like, it, like Eric is a stuntman now and uh, Taylor, I think has retired from acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 either way it's you know just like a long time now i i wanted a scene of like five years later being like like we need to we need a pilot and like eric being like no and it's like you have to yes you have to call your ex <laughs> like, um, yeah. it, and have them uh have her like fly them into a scenario where they then have to leap and morph on, on their way down uh to like mm-hmm. land and survive like a fall kind of situation and i <laughs> She's also one of my favorites. That was another situation where she clearly should have been the leader, but that's also the whole point of the season is that like she had to learn the humility, but then right. the Red Ranger killed somebody. It's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, though the only other thing that I would posit that could be really cool if we're jumping to like, cause like Invincible has done so well and the boys has done so well. What if we get a boys aspect of Power Rangers where there is a team who is maybe deviated from their original aspects and are these like fan favorite faces but they're actual pieces of shit who are doing awful things behind the scene and so there needs to be a second set that is put together that is literally taking them out taking them so that's down. kind of spd <laughs> it is kind of spd but that uh, but really I lean mean, into it and like i mean spend let me time t- with <laughs> i know we talked about it before but when i was a teenager and they were like it was secretly the alpha squad the whole time and everybody was like I was gobsmacked. I was gooped, gagged. It was the best twist uh, ever. Um, But yeah, I mean, that would be another way we could go, especially if they're leaning into the adult. But we also have to acknowledge that even though they say it's going to be an adult-centered series, we're going to have all ages watching it. So like, they can't go too hard. Right. Um, You know, we can't have a a, a death of the family Batman story as a Power Rangers story. Yeah, I I mean, like Invincible, for example, has to deal with that right now in in terms of like a lot of people being like oh yeah it's young superhero stuff and i'll be like don't have your kids watch it don't let your kids watch just because <laughs> it's animated please for the love of god don't <laughs> please don't and you know like even boys acknowledging how they need to handle like the assault of starlight and things in season one and just a lot of those a lot of aspects of like what the boys has also had to deal with because that comic is so fucking violent mm-hmm. um and lead in i mean and even things that like Dead Umbrella Academy and uh, uh, but but uh, Doom Doom Patrol have all mm-hmm. like handled way or Titans even uh, despite its faults. They're you know all of them. There have been really violent aspects that have come from the comics that they've had to handle in a certain way. So I guess that it would just be another leap for them to overcome. Yeah, I mean but, it would be cool. Like people love that. Um, what was that Power Colon Rangers short that was put out? Yeah. Uh, like I, I think there was an audience for it. You you wouldn't want to do too much of it. You like a six yeah. episode mini about like a really like brutal. You know, if the Zord fights don't happen to have like occur at the abandoned warehouse district, like if it is, uh, yep. you know, actual like casualties and so forth, and that would be a good spot for like the news crew one also, mm-hmm. uh, where you like really embrace like the loss of life and casualties and so forth that would come from a giant mech fight. Well, and for me, that's what sold me on the first issue of the Boom Comics, that first four-issue arc where it's the days after Tommy joins the team and Zach and Jason hate him and don't mm-hmm. trust him. And it's Tommy, because um, apparently their command center is a holodeck. I love it. Um, but it's one of those things that was like, Tommy is rationalizing as a 16-year-old that he cost 
thousands of people's lives in the dragon Zord battle in the original show. And they reference the original show that takes out like the golden gate bridge. And they put canonically that thousands of people died. Yeah. And so that's the starting point for the boom comics. So I think, and they've just grown from there. So I think it's one of those things, if you do it, lean into it, but you know, I think having a capable team behind the series will be what makes or breaks it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that is the other thing that they could just do, which is just animate the boom comics as a series. I would be so Dude. here for, I would especially be here Dude. for more people seeing um, the, the pink ranger mini if they ever adapted that where zach gets empowered by kimberly's powers and has the coolest fucking outfit where it's like black with like pink trim the Uh, pink ranger suits were so good her team was so good that was the jacket right like yeah yeah yeah. i wanted that jacket Mm -hmm. (laughs) the fact that they did not make any of those costumes is kind of a crime I'm sure someone out there has made it, but they didn't mass produce it. Cause like, that's something I would spend lots of doll hairs for. Um, But yeah, Kimberly has gotten every ounce of respect that she deserves that she never had in the original series from boom, even to the point where she is the most murderous of all Rangers at one (laughs) point as well. It's Kimberly Hart has gotten the best treatment ever. And I am a Stan. I am an eternal Stan. Yeah. Well, Case, thank you for coming on the show and just chatting Power Rangers with me today. I I I always want to come on the show and chat Power Rangers with you. It's great. (laughs) I think this was an alternative to be like, we have to do a a turbo episode because the first episode we ever did together was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. And I was, I was all, well, and so this will be out just before our Buffy episode. So I'm about to be on another pass with you and Sam. Uh, But yeah, this, this was my way of being like, I'm not going to make Case do a turbo episode with. I I mean, at some point we will. It's just uh, like, like we're, we're going to be moving the Buffy episode up in the timeline, but um, another pass just, we, We've gotten very good at banking episodes. So the uh, thing is like, we're recording episodes so now smart. that are for like September. Yep. Uh, so it's yeah, just, I'm, you know, I'm it's just a matter thing, of like, so. yeah, you know, we <laughs> like, it's, it's cool that we're, we're able to be that far ahead because it's a good uh, problem to have. <laughs> exactly. When we're not in that spot, it's a, it's a much right. rougher. And, uh, but it is like a little weird when you talk to other people's shows where it's like, oh yeah, this will be coming out next week. And it's like, Okay. Well, if we're talking about ours, it'll be like four months. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, when we did Pride of the X-Men, I think it was eight months before that episode actually came out right. between when we, but you know, that's also a really good thing because life just happens as happened on the show last year. And I just was not prepared for it, but yeah, I got to yeah. go back and like, look and see like what episodes dropped right at the start of the Hujibaba and then like where those were recorded because I'm like now actually like kind of like curious to see mm-hmm. how that like lines up yeah and me like too. <laughs> I can't remember if I even like put disclaimers being like hey this was obviously recorded before <laughs> yep yep oh yeah I well can't, case, I can't remember now shit <laughs> I will see you on another pass yeah have you ever seen something in a theater that you just couldn't explain Or have you ever thought about if dying really ain't that bad? And do you spend sleepless nights wondering exactly what happened to Natalie Wood that night on the boat? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then it's time for you to exit stage death. Exit stage death is the chilling true stories behind your favorite Broadway shows, releasing bi-weekly on Tuesday starting May 24th. So if you want to find out which Broadway house is the most haunted, talk about what killed our favorite Broadway flops, 
and learn about the murderous path of Mama Rose that took Gypsy Rose Lee to stardom. It's time for Places, actors. Thank you, Places. It's time to exit stage death. Saturday Morning Confidential is brought to you by Dreamer Productions and is a proud member of the Certain POV Podcast Network. You can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Confidential, on Instagram at SMC Pod, and on Twitter at The SMC Podcast. You can find all the shows that Certain POV has to offer at CertainPOV.com or also on Patreon at Dreamer Productions, where your donation of only $2 a month keeps constant programming coming in and supporting our new shows as we go throughout 2022. Now join us again next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.